We talking rom-com, we talking action, we talking drama and movie classics. Whatever you want, yo, we have it. Cause we talking movies on a podcast. So I married a film critic. So I married a film critic. So I married a film critic. Hey honey, I just wanna so talk I about the movie like casually. Critic. You don't have to so bring I up married- cinematography. Honestly, let's just talk about like how the characters were fun. Married a film critic. So I married a film critic. So I married. Welcome to So I Married a Film Critic, a discussion between a professional film critic and lecturer and me, his wife of 20 years, who just likes to watch movies for fun. I'm your co-host, Julia. This is Barry the Film Critic. Hello, everyone. And tonight, we decided to watch The Truman Show from 1998. 30 years ago, the Omnicam Corporation created the ultimate reality-based television experience, The Truman Show. Beginning with the child's birth, they set out to document an entire human life. Every single moment broadcast live to the world. They created his hometown of Sea Haven. All of it completely enclosed within the dome of the Truman stage. Cue the sign. And even though the Truman Show has become an international phenomenon, Truman himself has never learned the true nature of the world around him. Despite some close calls, every aspect of his life has been carefully scripted and meticulously crafted. But the one thing no one could predict was who Truman Burbank would grow up to be. Good morning! Morning! Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Proclaim this planet, Trumania, of the Burbank Galaxy. Trumania, Trumania, I love and honor you. Yeah, you a fan of this one? <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of this one. Yeah, me too, me too. This was, this was one of those movies that, on the one hand, it became... It was very of its time because it spoke to very much its star, really, because Jim Carrey was basically living this life in in a way because, you know, it's a bit of a recap, you know, Carrey was this Canadian who by his own, his own, uh, you know, recollection grew up in extreme poverty and became a stand-up comedian, got some gigs, became kind of a rich little impressionist. He was really known for his impressions more than really just his stand-up comedy he found a few breaks in some movies that nobody saw. He is in two Clint Eastwood movies. He's in The Deadpool and Pink Cadillac in these little supporting roles. He makes an impression, but clearly they didn't know what to do with him. Nobody did. And then after one failed sitcom and one failed supporting role after another, he gets on In Living Color. And he's the white guy in on In Living Color. And, you know, because of characters like Fire Marshal Bill, for example, he made a real impression because this stuff was really outrageous and crazy. And even the creator of the show, Keenan Ivory Wayans, was saying this guy is on fire. And wouldn't you know it, there was this script laying around that nobody wanted. Everybody passed on and they said it was really bad. It was called Ace Ventura Pet Detective. And (laughs) Carrie read it and just saw it as an opportunity. And he and the director said, let's just throw the script out and let's just 
let's just come up with stuff. So the story is, is that you watch the film and everyone, you know, Sean Young, Courtney Cox and Dan Marino, they're all basically trying to keep it together because Carrie is just going crazy <laughs> in every single scene. And this movie, which, you know, had no pretensions of success or anything. I mean, it came out in spring of 94 and it becomes this surprise blockbuster. And then that summer, just a few months later, the mask opens up and it clears $100 million. And then that Christmas comes, Dumb and Dumber opens up and it clears $100 million. The next year, Batman Forever, he plays the Riddler. It's the biggest hit of the year. So he was just on top, unstoppable, and so popular and so beloved. And it, was, it, it wasn't an overnight success, but it felt that way. Because suddenly this guy is, is you know, he's a household name. The cable, excuse me, the cable guy happens in 1996. And even though it was not a successful hit and it had, you know, a very divisive reaction, it's like this huge cult movie now. Although I feel like the cult happened pretty quickly for that one. And then a year after the cable guy, Liar Liar, which is a monster hit and, you know, considered a classic comedy. And then this movie. So Carrie had this streak that was just unbroken at this point in time. And I, and I forgot to mention the second Ace Ventura movie. I mean, he just like, it was so, so many hits. He was so beloved. So under, you know, in a way he was already living under a microscope. He was already this character. He was already somebody who everybody was watching. Everybody had an opinion about. Everybody was talking about. Everybody loved and, you know, on the one hand, that's fantastic. Okay, but isn't that every celebrity? Yes and no. When you're when you're someone like Jim Carrey or Robin Williams or Eddie Murphy, it's this thing like, I love this person because he makes me laugh, because he makes me feel good. Not every actor has that. Mm. And, you know, because Carrey's beginnings were so unpretentious, there was this sense of like, he's from Canada, but he's he's clearly one of us, you know. So, you know, you see him in this film, and at times... You know his, uh, you know his his performance is stylized and very funny. At times, his uh, at times he comes across as very sarcastic, but there's also something very vulnerable about him, and it, that's one of the things I love about the film. It is what it is, but it's also about Jim Carrey. It's also about this level of fame because this is true. When they were reworking the script, as you know, the script was originally called the Malcolm Show, mm -hmm. and Andrew Nichol, who later wrote Gattaca, wrote his original draft. It was darker. When Peter Weir was working on this movie. And they were talking about who could play Truman Burbank. Everyone's first choice was, oh, easy, Tom Cruise. Mm. How interesting would that have been? But it's a very similar kind of dynamic. And who, another actor like Denzel Washington, somebody who everybody would be compelled to watch, would love to watch, can't wait to watch. Um, but then you, the question is like, well, what kind of life is that when you're living in a fishbowl? And of course, this movie takes it to the extreme of that. Yes, the extreme of <laughs> being watched 24-7. I mean, this is like before reality TV really took hold. This is right before. Yeah. Yeah. And this show, The Truman Show, is just broadcast 24 hours a day. If you're curious, it you know, the first semblance of reality TV was in the 70s. It was a PBS show called An American Family. And from there, you know, you had these little things pop up here and there. But really, m most people would say it was, you know, um, the real world on MTV, although, again, American Family predates it by two decades. But the funny thing about The Truman Show, here's a movie about, you know, this reality TV show that people can't stop watching. And then a year later, this a guy this guy named John Carpenter, not the filmmaker, he wins a million dollars on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And it's on the cover yes. of USA Today. 
that was the start. It's like, why is this on the cover of USA Today? This guy, is he was on a game show and he won. But wasn't it the first time anyone had won a million, a million dollars? dollars. Yeah. Right. That's why it was a big deal. But also, it's it's TV. It's a television show. Why are we so obsessed? And not long after that, you had everything from Survivor to Big Brother. And then, of course, uh, American Idol, where you know American Idol has a real strong correlation with The Truman Show because this idea of audience interaction. The audience is basically, you know, their uh, word of mouth is basically dictating as to what happens next. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch I'm forgetting, of course. I mean, you know, everything from, oh, gosh. I mean, you know, then, you know, we get to the celebrity shows, everything from the Osbournes to the Kardashians. Uh, you know, this idea of reality TV, this, you know, this concept that you're watching something that absolutely is true, the real can- the real Cancun was the sleazy version. Um, the appeal is that you're watching something that's unscripted. But then, of course, you know, you hear you hear stories of like, well, it was, you know, Survivor. But if the camera were to just pan to the left just a little bit, you would see, you know, the craft food services table and you'd see, you know, the makeup <laughs> chair. And, no, you know, I don't think they had craft food I heard, services. I, really? I heard stories about that show. Oh, I don't okay. know how I don't know how many of it. But my point is like anything that calls itself, quote unquote, reality TV. I mean, I've always found that to be highly suspect. This idea that you're going out there with just cameras and a boom mic you know, and lighting, and there's no script. It's all, you know, you just found footage. I don't know. I think that there's a lot about it that's contrived. But this has taken that to an extreme because the thing I forget about this premise, because it's been a while since I've seen it, I forgot that it's a corporation that adopted a little boy and they have been literally filming every waking moment of his life. So that's the appeal. You as an audience member are sharing this experience of watching this kid grow up. Mm -hmm. That's a good hook. Mm-hmm. I got to admit, like, I forgot about that. Yeah, but, okay, <laughs> so when we meet Truman, he's, what, like, 38 years old? There's people yeah. that have been watching him for 38 years? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Okay, so let's get into it, because our opening scene is with um, Harris, who plays... Ed Harris. Ed yeah. Harris, who plays Kristoff, who's the creator of the Truman Show, of the world, of everything, and he's talking about how people are just bored with fake actors and we want reality. We want something real and genuine. And um, then you kind of see some of the other actors being interviewed and they're like, nothing you see on the show is fake. It's merely controlled. Yeah, and that's, that's a big, that's a very important detail that uh, yeah. Noah Emmerich's character, Lewis. Marlon. Thank you. Why do I keep saying Lewis? It's Marlon. <laughs> His name is Marlon. Yeah, Marlon. Truman's best friend. Yeah, it's a pre-credit sequence where we're getting some behind-the-scenes footage of how this thing works, and he's explaining, yeah, that it's yeah, it's not con- it's, it's not, not fake. It's, it's controlled. controlled. Yeah, that's that's very big. Yeah. So then we see day ten thousand nine hundred and nine. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I'm sure there are viewers who'd be like, I was there every step yeah, of the it's way. Like, uh, are people doing anything else with their lives, or are they just watching TV? <laughs> <laughs> well, as, as the movie shows us, there are occupations, there are jobs, there are lifestyles where you can spend hours and hours at a time of just watching the Truman Show. Yeah. Okay, so we, we see Truman. Our first shot is him like talking to himself in the bathroom mirror, just yeah. kind of doing like a little acting thing it's cool because i mean you think about it that's how most of us act you know it's the idea of like if if you're going to pretend you're on a tv show that's where you start you know either you do it in the shower or you know when you're like alone whatever on an elevator walking to school but i think a lot of people like they, they start performing in front of a mirror not thinking that there's anyone on the other side of the mirror watching you right and then his wife's like truman it's time to go so he's leaving for work and 
you know, we see him walk out the door and like <clears throat> neighbors across the street. It's like the same people every day are talking to him and like saying the same things to him. It's very sitcom day. corny. I mean, you really get a sense like they could easily have added a laugh track, you know, in between because it's, it's that kind of corny exaggeration. It's pause for, you know, effect. Um, yeah, it's, it's very stylized. Right. And then um, a light falls from the sky. Like this big... A lighting fixture, yeah. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and Truman's like, oh my gosh. And he goes out and he looks at it and he's like, what's happening? And he's on his way to work and then on the radio it says like, oh, there was, you know, a plane flew overhead and dropped some of its payload or whatever. Yes, yeah, a quick explanation. A quick ex- And it's like every everything in Truman's world has an explanation for why it's happening and what's happening to like keep him from ever questioning anything right? yeah. he just goes oh okay yeah that makes sense um the other thing that we see is just like the constant advertisements mm-hmm. and commercials for yeah. products and and different things uh everything from chicken to life insurance to houses i mean this show is constantly selling you something yeah, I mean, it's it's a nice commentary on this because some people have no problem with this. A friend of mine has always said, you know, who cares about product placements? I mean, in life, we use products. So why is it a big deal if a bunch of kids are sitting around drinking Coca-Cola? You know, what's the big deal? But this movie, it does comment on how it is abrasive. It is abrupt. It, it does, you know, it does jar you because, yeah, suddenly whatever it is, whatever product, whatever film, TV show you're watching, it does become a commercial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless you're drinking, you know, nondescript beer or... It just says soda. <laughs> generic coffee. Exactly. But I mean, if, if you're naming the products and talking about the products or, you know, you're carefully uh, putting thrusting the products right in the camera's face, of course, it's becoming a commercial endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. So Truman, you know, he, he stops off and gets a magazine, you know, and he's a fashion magazine. He's like, it's for the wife, you know, and... um. He's at work in his cubicle. We find out later that he's a life insurance salesman and he's making calls to Fiji <laughs> to yeah. try to find someone named Sylvia. So we don't know what that's about, but, um, and he's ripping, you know, pages out of the magazine. And then we see that Truman is really scared of the ocean and his, the place that he lives is an island, mm-hmm. yeah. technically surrounded by water. Yes. And, because his, uh, his co-worker is like, hey, I got this lead for you. Like, you got to go to this other, like, across the, the bay or whatever to go close the steel. And he's like, oh, I can't do that. He's like, you have to do it. Or, you know, you could get fired. <laughs> so he can't get on the ferry. He, like, literally can't. And there's a funny, like, it's kind of funny. Like, he's trying to, like, walk to the ferry and there's, like, a sunken little boat next to him and he just yeah so carefully placed prop to, yes to yeah to remind him of how fragile he is in water yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so then we sort of we meet his friend marlon who it's noah emmerich from yeah. beautiful girls who i who i really like in he's this a wonderful actor and he's great in this yeah the idea of the character it's not only is you know every, everything is double because on the one hand he is marlon truman's best friend but he's also an actor playing marlon so, and this is somebody who grew up with Truman on this show. So this is yeah, someone... Yeah, they were kids together. Yes, yeah, so these are child actors, or, or rather, this is a child actor who grew up with this real kid who is unaware that he's on the Truman Show. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, which is pretty insane. It is insane if you think about it. Like, how did young Marlon just, like, not tell Truman the truth? And to think of, like, maybe a movie career that Marlon could have had, you know, being one of the most watched kids in the world, you know, he... I mean, to think all the things that he gave up to be on this ridiculous show, this lie, this acting gig that just doesn't go away. It's one thing to do a soap opera. It's another thing where, you know, you're not feeding, you know, it's it's not an actor exercise where you're feeding off the other actor. It's you are, you're deceiving someone. You're, you're conditioning them to continue with the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they go out and they like, they hit golf balls, you know, out in this one spot on the road and. Truman's like, I'm, I'm thinking of getting out. I gotta, I gotta get out. I gotta get a new job. And he's like, you have a desk job. Like, that's the best. He's like, I stock vending machines. Like, do you want to have my job? You know, it's like everything Truman says, Marlon is like kind of giving him the, the opposite perspective. And he's like, well, I, I just want to like go somewhere. And he's like, where's there to go? You know? And he ta- tells him he wants to go to Fiji. And he's like, where's Fiji? <laughs> <laughs> but um at one point Marlon just says like well you know I hope you I hope it happens like when are you gonna go and he's like ah oh, it's not that easy you know so we kind of get like their kind of tit for tat conversations together mm-hmm. and it does feel real yeah but also you can kind of see Marlon's wheels turning of like okay I can't encourage him too much to like follow his dreams because yeah. he can't go anywhere. Like yes. he's, he's stuck here. Um, and then we see Truman on the beach and this is where we get a literal flashback on the show. Like the show does flashbacks. I think, and honestly, that's because the show at one point shows that there's always a feed of Truman, whether it's whether the camera's literally just always on him or if sometimes there's like something else going on, there'll be like a little box on the side of the him, screen. Yeah. yeah, so you're always watching Truman in some way, shape, or form. I think the way this flashback is presented is just for us, the audience, I think. Oh. Because otherwise it cheats, right? Because we it, it, we don't get Truman vision, right? We don't get the, the presentation of the show where, you know, it should be a box of present day. Yeah, but they show... They show the wiggly lines to indicate that it's going to be a flashback, right? But then what happens next is mostly from the point of view. Yeah, but the camera angles on the flashback seem like it is. Um... Yeah, it's still. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's still. They call them vignettes. The, the way um, you're watching Bugs Bunny looking through a keyhole or the opening of like James Bond where James Bond is walking through a little keyhole. Yeah. You know. Okay, but. That whole thing. It's 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 basically talking about the manipulation of the camera to make the camera a character because of what you have I understand what you're the... saying, but there's another flashback later on where he meets Sylvia, and we we don't get the little box there. So you're thinking that's just for us too? No, you do. Everything it's on and off. It's um, it's it's um. I mean, almost every because, sequence has it. Yeah, but you see the other. You see the people watching what we're watching, commenting on what we're watching. So I think I think that it's part of the actual show. Well, the flashback when he's when because it's the first flashback is when he when we witness his yeah, father. Yeah, yeah, drowning. There are shots that we're seeing from the perspective of the boat or like the button yeah. camera or whatever that yeah. is. Yeah. No, but I think they're because he's on the beach mm-hmm. and they're like and there's like these two waitresses talking. Yeah, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, he he's afraid of the water, and then we see the flashback. Right. So I think they're seeing the flashback. Yeah, I think they are too. But again, I think the film is either cheating or we're basically seeing it to the, I don't know, maybe 
maybe the way Truman. I don't know if the film is is consistent with it. Oh well, all right. Um, I I'm I'm not really worried about that. I'm just thinking like, oh, I like the fact that the show is like, oh, here's a moment where Truman's like looking at something or potentially thinking about a thing, and then they're like, hey, we're gonna go with this flashback. Well, we see later on that they they do a lot of variations. There's the true talk segment, you know, yeah. where they're you know, which is a, a factor of, I mean, The Bachelor. I mean, yeah. so many reality shows have that. Let's talk about what we just watched. Yeah, you know, it's it's such a factor of it. Um, so yeah, no, they if anything, it establishes that this show it's it's it has a lot of variety to it as, as explained later on it used to be just one camera and now we get this thing where it's it's the most high-tech show on television so the crazy part about this as if there aren't many crazy things is that so the show had to hire like actual parents for this baby yeah and they had to be his parents on tv but also like for real yeah actors who are pretending yeah exactly yeah like, but they're actually raising this kid they're yeah. changing his diapers yeah it's yeah they're taking him do you think places. he was breastfed i don't know he was probably bottle fed but like because you know he had to be he was like technically adopted he was circumcised on television Oh my god! Well, that's. I mean, look, the th- like it may sound, it may sound like I'm trying to be crude here, but like, yeah, well, probably. But there's it, okay. stuff that comes up for a PG movie. There, there is a lot of interesting stuff that comes up in terms of like how far are they taking this, and they're taking it very far. Yeah, I think they're taking it far enough. They might not be explicitly showing yeah. those things like with a camera, like right there. Yeah. But I think like if there was like a circumcision or something like that when he was a child. Yeah, I think that was probably like an, a whole episode. It's probably on that greatest hits tape we keep hearing about. Yeah, the yeah. greatest hits tape. I want that I want that true greatest hits uh, videotape. <laughs> yeah, but like so the fact that then they have they tell the dad like we're going to like kill you in an episode and like not literally they, they kill well, him off they, they kill him off like it's they kill him off on the show yes yeah. and you see that he gets rescued by like a scuba diver and it's explained it's cool because because uh, it's explained like we needed to come up with something a device to keep him on the island yeah because the older he got the more curious the more adventurous he got yeah which is so sad like okay we'll get into that later yeah, yeah, was, but yeah. I, I have a lot of thoughts about that okay so we finished the flashback established that Truman lost his father yeah and that's why he's afraid of the water so Truman tells his wife he wants to go explore, and she reminds him of his obligations. Like, we have a mortgage. We have car payments. And and don't you want a baby? And come to bed and all this stuff. And it cuts to these viewers <laughs> that are like, you never see anything. The camera just, like, pans to, you know, wind blowing into, like, the room or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, um, however, it is established that Truman and the Meryl, Meryl played yeah. by the wonderful Laura Linney here, yeah. great performance, it's established that they are having sex yeah. and that they are married, and yeah. whether it's legal or not. So Yeah, because Christoph was like, I want to have the first, like, live conception. Conception, yeah. On. What the heck is that? <laughs> so it presents a lot of questions. Like, first of all, what kind of channel is this? Like, what can you show? I mean, is this... You know, is this? Well, no, they don't show them. No, no, but I mean, it is. We include it has to be some kind of a cable channel, right? Maybe it's like the Truman Channel, the T Channel. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm picturing like, oh, they start kissing, the camera like pans away, and they probably have like music. But what do you think the first on-air conception would be? Are we talking about Sweeps Week on the Truman Show? (laughs) No, we're talking about an actual sex scene. I mean, what do we? I, I think what they would do. This is what I think. Okay, if she actually got pregnant. There would be footage of that that wasn't 
live on the air, right? Like the, they would have shown a. Oh, camp- so this would be like for the like the Girls Gone Wild tape that they released later on, the sleazy one eight hundred number. No, let me. <laughs> okay. Okay, so Meryl would probably be like, "I remember the night that you know we conceived like Truman Jr." And um, they might show like a silhouette, like they might just show. Ooh, do you think they'd have actors reenact it? Oh, a reenactment. Yeah. Ooh, actually, that's a better idea because then. And it could be available in two video then, cassettes: the just the televised version or the explicit uncut because, version. Yeah, because they uh-huh. can't show pornography like but them again, actually having. What kind sex. of channel is this, though? I mean, I we're think this we're is seeing on cable. Well, I mean, if it's HBO or the Playboy channel, clearly no. they're in the clear to do whatever they no. want then. No. Even in the 90s. No, they're not doing that because I think the the viewers are telling us, like, oh, because he's like, they never show anything. Well, that's the thing. Cause, but, but, but Christoph, later on, we're, we're getting ahead of it, but Christoph does say that, yeah, it's going to be the like we're, we're second to it. It's going to be the first con- child ever conceived on television. So, again, what well, are we talking okay. about here? What they're talking about is that cameras are in the room, but I don't think they're showing it. It's also because, you know, you really get a sense of like, okay, Kristoff is thinking about this poetically. He's the creator, and now Truman will be the creator. Mm-hmm. So we'll have spinoff shows, the son of Truman, Truman Jr. Mm-hmm. You know, this is yeah. like, this thing is never going to end. Yeah, in his mind. Okay, so now we see the next day, Truman sees a man that looks just like his dad in town, and he's like, dad because he looks like a homeless person and immediately the dad is just like taken away and put onto a bus and then all of a sudden like all this chaos erupts in town all of a sudden there's like a band like a marching band in his way and people just kind of conveniently appear to distract him and block him and then as soon as the bus pulls away the dad is gone suddenly there's just silence silence yeah it's insane how yeah like truman and truman to his credit recognizes it immediately all this chaos and then suddenly it's nothing yeah it's crickets so he goes to see his mom and he tells her the story and you know all i can say about the scene is just that every single person in truman's life is just there to gaslight him every second of every day <laughs> like that's it you know well the mom is especially that that thing that aspect bothers me because who is this person how does she feel about her role on this show how does she feel about her role as a mother because to a degree she really raised this kid yeah like so what is that like she's the well she's his adopted mom pretending to be his bio mom but that's the problem. It's a it's a pretending situation. So how yeah. invested is she? And to the it's, it's Holland Taylor, who's a wonderful actress. To to her credit, like it, like a lot of things in this film, it doesn't overexplain it. It it gives you enough interpretations um, to really consider what it, you know, to consider the full ramifications of what that is, what that's like. So I'm you know I'm looking at her performance and I'm really like. Like, is she really acting right now? Like, there's a lot of unanswered questions, but but good. I think I don't know. I think I think it's smart that we don't know what everybody's up to here. You yeah, know? like how everybody feels about everything. Well, because I mean, it plays into the paranoia that Truman is feeling. Like, you know, because once he, you know, once the jig is up and he figures everything out, even he's going like, like who can I trust here? Who can I talk to? And you know, and who is is any of this real? Yeah. Yeah. So we see him, he has like a secret trunk in his basement with like childhood photos and stuff. And his wife comes down to talk to him and um, he's like, yeah, I saw 
I saw dad today and she's like, I know, you know, and he's like, and that's interesting because he looks up at her for a second. And if you look at what, what, like the film is cut very, very tight. But if you look at what's registering on on Jim Carrey's face as Truman, it's this whole thing of like, oh, you see it too. And it goes away quickly because then she jumps into her. Yeah, she's like, oh no, your mother called me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's it sucks because he lives with her. This is his yeah. wife. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the thing with the trunk, you know, it's a form of deception or even like emotional infidelity because he's thinking, and we learn who it is later on, but he's thinking about somebody else. But when she comes down the stairs and she says, I know about the father, it is this moment like, oh, good, somebody I can talk to, turn to, quickly goes away. Yeah. And, and he's like, so, yeah, what do you want? She's like, I made macaroni. And he's just like, <laughs> I'm not hungry, you know. And then she's like... Why are you fixing that motor? You should get this kind of mower, you know? And it's just like her role is just like constant commercials. Yeah. And it is so annoying because he's like, who, what? Like, why? Yeah. Oh, okay. Constant product placement. Constant yeah. product placement. Yeah, so ends. then we see that Truman has the sweater of his true love. And the show goes into a flashback of their love story and how he wanted to be with someone else, but the show pushed Meryl onto him. Yeah, it's it's funny the way they, they show it because it is like this really contrived and awkward and really lame, meat cute where Meryl literally throws herself at Truman and claims to have like a, what, a, a strained yeah, ankle. Yeah, it's like, oh, I can't believe I tripped over you. I like sprained my ankle. I'm so embarrassed. And it's supposed to be high school, which is hilarious because all these actors look like they're in their 30s, you know, <laughs> but whatever, whatever. I love this movie. I don't care. But yeah, yeah, but they're all they're all too old to be, you know, passive passing as high school students. Right. Yeah. So we kind of see how him and Meryl meet, but how he's really into this Sylvia girl whose name on the show is supposed to be Lauren. Um, and who plays her? Natasha McIlhone, um, yeah. who's just fantastic and everything. I'm such a fan of her. Yeah. Yeah, she's she, great. She's really lovely, and he's so taken with her. And, um, yeah, he's like, do you want to go get pizza? And she's like, I'm not supposed to talk to you. You know, and he's kind of like, what? And she's like no, I can't go get pizza, you know? And then she writes down like now. It's great know. because he thinks, oh, like, like she knows about me and, and Meryl. Meryl. Yeah. Right. So it's like, yes. like she's like, ooh, ooh, like this is, this is a girl who's like trying to go behind my girlfriend's back. This yes. is great. Does it literally doesn't know that she's going behind like an entire corporation. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So they, they run down to the, the ocean and she's like, it's this is not real. Like she's trying to tell him that he's on a TV show, which of course he's not gonna understand. He doesn't quite get it, and no. if anything, he thinks like, "Oh, you're talking about the reality of, of what it's like to be together, the two of us, and mm-hmm. whether there's a fi- chance for us a future." And then, of course, car pulls up, and it's it's I, I don't know. I, I love the way the the film explains all this, like. An actor playing her father is jumping out and explaining, like, she's nuts. You're not the first boy. Yeah, she this brings, happens a lot. She brings all her guys here. Yeah, it's, it's clever. It's very clever. So, you know, she gets pulled into and the car. And he's like, we're moving to Fiji. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> so he has, like, her sweater. He has her face. And he has her so-called location. That's all he has left of her. Well, no, he doesn't even have her face. He's That's why he's been ripping now. Well, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. he, he has the memory of her. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, but that he's, he's trying to recall to, to recreate with all these you know, from these like Vogue magazines. Yeah. So behind Meryl's real photo is this mishmash, you know, Picasso he's trying to put together of Sylvia. And it's really sad. 
and the, oh, like the the waitresses are like, why didn't why didn't he go to her? And they're like, well, his mom got sick, and he's a nice guy. I'm like, oh my gosh. So again, they like manufacture like a illness so that he dis- gets distracted by the fact that he can't be with this other woman. Yeah, and every time they talk about how someone was absent because of an illness or like mm-hmm. how Marlon was gone, you think like, oh, okay, that's like that's when the actor was on vacation. <laughs> yeah, that's when they're like, um, I need a mental health break. Yeah, so like these actors, like, you know, you go to Disney World for a few weeks and then you come back to the Truman Show and <laughs> get a sense of like that's, that's what they're really talking about. <laughs> yeah, so... But um, Sylvia is watching Truman on TV because Boy, she's, she ever. she's basically been ejected from the show because she's, I don't know what they would call them, but disloyal. Yes. And she's just kind of cheering him on from her house. Like, come on. It looks Truman. like she's having rallies. If you look at the posters in the back, yeah. it looks like she's having these free Truman rallies. Yeah. It's probably like free Britney. Well, I hope it has a little more meaning than that, but yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Like, that's an interesting comparison. I guess I guess it's similar. Yeah. Free Britney from her conservatorship, free Truman from his fake life, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I mean, it just shows... I, I do think there's a few parallels. Oh, you're talking about conservatorship. I was thinking free Britney from Kevin Federline. <laughs> I, went, I went back to the era of oh, this movie. Wow. Yeah, I went back. I took it further back. No, I'm talking about... Current. Yeah, you're talking about contemporary Britney. I'm talking yes. like, you know, Britney, like, you know, right after Crossroads, you know. Oh, no. I mean, she pretty much, they freed themselves from each other when they got divorced. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Truman's driving to work again. His radio is malfunctioning and he hears the show's signal with information on his every yeah, movement. Yeah, he's hearing stage directions. It's great. Yeah, where it's like... He's turning onto the street and Truman's like looking like, that's the street I'm turning on. Like, what's going on? And so then it's like there's this live DJ every time he's in the car. Just who's there to just be like, wow, sorry, folks. That was weird. (laughs) Yeah. And he's basically getting all of his cues from Truman. You can tell that the DJ clearly can see what Truman is doing. So it's almost like this conversation that Truman's not aware that he's even having. Right. Um, he goes to the newspaper thing and there's or the the magazine stand and there's mm-hmm. a guy reading a newspaper and it says like the front page story is cracking down on homelessness. <laughs> and it's again, you know, another way that they're putting they're they're using propaganda, yeah, to to condition this, to condition this guy him. who's now mm-hmm. becoming very suspicious, maybe yeah. maybe for really for most for the first time in his life to be you know have these many this. I mean, I guess like the inciting incident is the the falling the light, yeah. But I mean, you get there had to have been things throughout his life that he always wondered. Yeah. So, um, so Truman just decides to do something different, and he doesn't go into the office, and he's just like you can see him like walking around town, like looking at everybody, like, um, what are people doing? Well, this is when I just completely fell in love with this movie. It's um, there's no dialogue. It's just. Philip Glass's a piece of pieces of, from Philip Glass's body of work, and I think it's from Koyana Scotzi. I think I'm pretty sure it's from that movie. And uh, the way uh, you know, they just it finds a great great places to build. In the the shot that's so incredible is where Truman's going through uh, the revolving door, and the camera's just on him. And it's this it's the way that he can kind of look behind him for the first time and really see like 
you know, the way everybody just kind of parts and stops their act whenever he just leaves the room and he's catching, he's catching everybody and mm-hmm. he's watching everyone very closely and no one is, you know. It, no one's breaking. Yeah. It doesn't seem like. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I, I just, I love this scene so much um, because uh, on the one hand, it's a guy very slowly walking around his old neighborhood and just like really looking uh, looking for seams and he sees it everywhere he, he is and he's seeing all these little subtle things that are just aren't right. Yeah, but I also think he's also seeing that people are just kind of going on with their lives because nobody's looking at him. They're just having conversations. But some of them are. Some of them are doing the thing where they're pretending not to look at him and they look up and they're looking right at him. He's seeing a lot of that. Oh, okay. Which, by the way, is what celebrities go through. I'm sure that's what Jim Carrey goes through. You know, he sits at a restaurant and people are trying not to, you know, make it so obvious that they're like, oh my God, there he is, which is what... Oh my Jim gosh, and that through. just happened to me at the other day. Yeah. I, I had a celebrity spotting member. Yes. Like you were there. Yes. And... I was like, oh my gosh, I totally know who that person is. And um, I mean, I was right the whole time. But it was really hard not to just like want to just like stare the whole time, you know. But, you know, she's like with her family and her kids and her nanny and her her mom, you know, like big old family. And it's like, you know, she doesn't need me being like looking at her, like watching everything they're doing. I thought it was really classy the way you handled that because, you know, Dame Judy Dench just gets that attention wherever she goes. So I thought it was really cool of you to keep your stuff together. Oh my gosh, can you imagine if we saw Judy Dench? You would have spotted her away before me if that's who it was. Oh yeah, I would have been shameless. Um, okay, so so Truman goes and finds Marlon filling his vending machine and I'm like, wait a minute, is Marlon just like... Just he's just doing his job, but I'm like, no, they obviously like saw that Truman was having a little bit of a freak out, and so they're like, get Marlon to his vending machine. Job. Everybody's standing by. Yeah, there's probably just, I mean, there's the community, but then there's probably just trailers and trailers. Or in the case of like the long cast members, like just these little homes that everybody has back to back. It's like, okay, like you got the call, you got to be on in like 13 seconds, so be ready. Yeah. Yeah. So it's crazy because. Marlon, besides his wife, Marlon's like the number two main cast member yeah. in, you know, in Truman's life. And so, yeah, he he probably does just have to like live on set. Yeah. You wonder if they're like, okay, he said work from 12 to four. So you get a break, you get some downtime and, you, you know, and, and we'll give you updates, like anything interesting that happened, anything you need to know. Here's some new sides. Here's some new dialogue, new products you might want to mention Right. Um, but yeah, daily, I mean, it probably is like, okay, like, you know, you're really, you need to be aware that you need at any given moment, you might have to just quickly jump to life and we'll, we'll get you to your location. Yeah. Which is like, I, you can pay me enough to like be on call like this. I mean, does this guy sure have? Sure they can. I mean. Sure they can. Cause this is not only. For 38 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a steady gig. I mean, it's like, you know, I've heard people say, like, you know, I was on a soap opera for 20, 25 years. Like, why'd you do that? Because it's a steady gig. Yeah, but... You're playing the same character for years. Actors dream of that. I know, but that... You, like, go home at the end of the day, and you see your wife, your kids. Like, you get, like, holidays off. You know, like, the it's Truman long, Show. Yeah. Because even Meryl at the beginning was like, the Truman Show is my life. Like... It's my life. Like, there is no difference between my personal life and the Truman Show. Like, it's all one. That's what she says. Hmm. That's so it. So you think, like, 
when she does have a break when you know meryl when uh, she goes to her like fake job fake job or say like she tells truman she's gonna go you know on a you know she has to do surgery in the congo or something ridiculous no she's not doing that but i think if she's like Oh, she, they probably found a way to write her off momentarily so that the actress that's can, true. you know. But she's, you know, if she's like, oh, you know, I have to go to the gynecologist, that's her just like going to the green You think room. they even mention what that is in the show? Because this show, the thing is that's interesting because even though they mentioned like, you know, the first conceal, uh, child concealed on TV, the whole thing is so vanilla. It's yeah. so 1950s. It really wants to be like Norman Rockwell. Okay, well, it's maybe the setting, she, and it's also the way that everyone's um, acting too. Right, like maybe she doesn't literally say that, but maybe she's like, "Oh, I have a doctor's appointment, lady doctor." Yeah, yeah, and then no, she's not at the doctor. She's like taking a nap. I don't know. <laughs> maybe she's calling her real mom, not her like TV mom. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's yeah. like it. I don't know if I believe this whole thing of like you know my life, but no, it's it's probably just like a steady gig. And let's face it, I mean they're they're making so much money. Yeah, but, I mean, once this thing is over, I mean they're gonna walk. They're retired. Okay, but Meryl has to, like, sleep with him every night in the same yeah, so, bed. Well, that's the uncomfortable thing. Cause it's a form of prostitution. No, I'm not even talking about sex. I'm talking about literally just, like, sleep next to him every yeah, night. sure. So, like, she doesn't even get to be not But there. again, you don't think, like, she's like, I got a doctor's conference to go to. Well, you know, maybe. I got a, you know, I... Uh, I got a, a seminar in Seattle oh, on surgery sure. I got to give. Yeah, that, that's possible. I'm not saying There it's has not. to be ways to, to pull her away because otherwise, I mean, it would drive you crazy. Yeah, I agree. So, um, so he finds Marlon filling the vending machine and he's like, there's something going on, you know? And he's like, watch, if I do something weird, everyone's going to notice. And like, nobody really <laughs> notices. So he's like, you know, come on, let, let's go. And he's like, I could get fired, <laughs> which is just so hilarious. Um, sure, Marlon, you're going to get fired from your vending machine job. Um, so, but so they leave and Truman tells him he does want to like leave the community forever. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of having a little bit of a breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. So he then we see him looking at photo albums with his wife and his mom, and this is where... Um, well, two things. There's a quick shot of him visiting Mount Rushmore. Yes. And his crewman notices, clearly they're in front of this like little cardboard yeah, facade. Yeah, he's like, wow, of it. it looks so small. And she's like, oh, everything looks small in pictures. Like, and they turn the page very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, he sees it on his wedding photo that Meryl is crossing her fingers. Yeah. And that's, again, like a really big clue because he's like wait what yeah um but the other thing is meryl and the mom leave together and they're like no no you stay here we have to go plan your birthday party again Mm -hmm. they're probably just like taking a break yeah um but they're like watch your favorite show so like his favorite show is all about like you know staying where you are never leaving how small town life is great and you know, if you have good friends, that's all you need in life. And that interests me, too, because how far does the facade go? Are they making fake movies? Yeah, I think they have, like, a fake TV show that they show him. Like a fake soap opera. So it's a show within the show. Yeah, I think it's a show within that's the wild. show. That's wild. Yeah, because you wonder, like, is there a video store? I mean, what are these movies all about? How, you, you know, is it all, like, it's a wonderful life? It's all, like, Capra movies? Probably. That's wild. 
Because yeah. how do they, if they show things from the real world, he's going to get ideas. Yeah, so you gonna, get like, you get the sense that. It's all propaganda. Yeah. on uh, At the video store in, in this world and on TV, you would never see like around the world in 80 days. No, or, you know, no. Yeah. You would see. You Roman would, holiday. No. You would see movies where it's like, mom, I want to go explore. She's like, everything's already been discovered. Oh man, I guess I'll go in the backyard and play with my trucks. That's probably what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And then that sounds sad, though, to me. What? Like, like just that every, it, you know, it's like, just. that. Them. This is inspiring. Think about how many people are hired to do this thing. <laughs> this is a great production. Thousands of people were employed for this one guy. You're welcome, Truman. Oh, my gosh. So, um, all right. So now that Truman has seen, you know, the her crossing her fingers in their wedding album, it's the he's, next morning, right before she leaves her work. Yeah, he's like, uh, where are you going? She's like, well, I have surgery, Truman. And, you know, there was an elevator crash, and it was right next to where you work. And, oh, my gosh, it could have been you. And she's like, I really I really got to get going. And so he's um, he wants to see if this is real, and so he follows her. Well, he says, I'll keep my fingers crossed. Yeah. And the way she reacts, she knows exactly what he's talking about, and it's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, because you get the sense that maybe the camera caught the moment where he saw it. So maybe they're just reporting to her like the next morning. Like, yeah, he knows about the finger thing. So it's like, oh, God. Like, you know, it's, well, it's a he, moment where... Well, they did because he had a huge magnifying glass. No, no, I'm saying like, yeah, like he saw it, but the camera saw that he saw it. So they probably reported to her like he might mention that. And there it is. Yeah. So it might be, it might be the first real moment in his marriage talking to her. Oh, where she just kind of looks like, oh, It's no. this little moment where they're actually seeing each other for the first time, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it's funny because he goes to the hospital and, like, everybody's <laughs> trying to stop him. <laughs> yeah. And it's just hysterical because <laughs> there's, like, these people in wheelchairs <laughs> trying to, like, race to, like, block his way. <laughs> it's so absurd but it's it, it's very clever yeah, yeah yeah and then yeah. a guy like taking all this stuff down the hall just like oh 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 blocking it he's like here let me help you and he just like rolls throws it, it down the hall yeah it's great a lot of funny things so then he sees the surgery room and obviously it's like an actress <laughs> Just well, they very quickly said, lie here. And yes. an actor, like, very quickly, you're the head surgeon. and Yeah, which yeah. is so funny because you see, like, one leg and uh, it's not mangled at all. It's totally <laughs> fine. And Truman's, like, trying to look and, and Meryl's It's like, like bad improv that yes. he's watching, yeah. And Meryl's like, oh, be- beautiful work, doctor. It's so beautiful. <laughs> so then finally someone's like, Truman, you can't watch surgery, you know. Yeah. So they take him, but he's still like, okay, this is weird. Cause he goes to the travel agent to book a flight to Fiji. <laughs> it's great. I mean, cause I, it was so funny because around the time this movie came out, I had my own fear of flying. It was very intense and it was very debilitating. There, t- there was a time in my life where I just could not fly. So I've gone to travel agencies envisioning the kind of posters that are on the wall here oh my gosh you know these 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 hilarious posters of uh it could happen to you and it's it's a jetliner with with lightning striking through the wind (laughs) yeah it's really funny because it's it's like yeah this is a travel agency like a travel agency that's discouraging travel yeah like it makes no sense and then the travel agent comes out and a detail that i didn't notice until this time she has like this little bib on that mm-hmm. she quickly pulls off. It oh. means that she just got out of the makeup chair and she forgot to pull it off. 
Yeah, because they were like, oh my gosh. Quick, quick, quick. Yeah, we need need an actress. Okay, you're on, you're on. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, so there's the poster. It could happen to you. Um, Oh, I think that's the only one. Yeah. With the with the so lightning funny. going through the airplane. Yeah. <laughs> but um he's like, Yeah, I need a I need a ticket to Fiji. Like she's like, Well when? He's like, Today. She's like, I don't have anything for a month. And would you like me to book that? He's like, Never mind, you know. So he goes to take the bus and you can see when he gets on this bus, everyone is like, Oh no. This is probably the bus that like takes them to out. and fro to work yeah these extras yeah and it's a very colorful assortment i mean i think i saw two nuns yes it's like where's the convent yeah like it's it's pretty funny um and there's it, a little yeah. girl who's like is it that and the mom's like don't talk <laughs> <laughs> but the bus driver basically destroys the engine of this bus by like just putting the wrong gear yeah 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 exactly because he doesn't know how to drive this bus he's an actor he's not a bus driver Oh, I thought he was... No, I thought he knew how to drive the bus, but he did that on purpose. You think? I mean, in any case... Because if it's a bus taking extras out of the world... Well, maybe they just put an actor in that situation, not the real bus driver. Oh, yeah, maybe you're right. But he's just like grinding these gears. Yeah, and and smoke comes up and very quickly, everybody off, and quickly the bus exits. And this that is... That poor Truman. It's a, it's, it's a touching shot where... Truman is just sitting by himself, and it's like I can't believe this. I can't believe that this keeps happening. Um, but he's devastated. It's can... like, yeah, this this is something that it's you know it's a broken moment for him. It's like this. Even the bus driver can tell. Yeah, the bus driver just... says, "I'm sorry, son." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. He's really sad for him. Um, okay, so Meryl comes home, and Truman's sitting in his car, and this is when he tells her about the people that are like walking by, driving by, yeah. like, and he's like. Ready? We're going to see this person, this person, and this car. And, and you know, he points everybody out to her. And she's kind of like, um, what are you doing? And he's like, they go around the block. And then they go around again. You know, and he's yeah. he's like, what what's going on? Um, they discuss Fiji. Like, he drives off and he's going around the roundabout really fast. And he's like, let's go here. And all of a sudden there's like traffic, you know. And he's like, wow, what do you know? Traffic in the middle of the day. And then he drives around again, stops on the same street, and there's no traffic. He's like, wow, that's interesting. So he's just, he's getting blocked at every turn. And, and th- there's a moment I love where it, it, it's another thing where it's like he's hes connecting to this actress playing his wife for the first time. Um, where he, he mentions like the fact that there's no traffic. And, you know, she's like, you're acting like it's my fault. And he goes, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's and, wonderful. And she does, I think, a really good job of playing, trying to play it cool, but also being terrified. Because this is the one of the first times she's ever seen. She's him. not in control here at yeah. all, and she can't just you know rely on product placements and exiting yeah. the set to to keep things going. Exactly, she's stuck, and she knows that she's in a situation where this this guy is just not. He's he's just unconvinced of reality, mm-hmm. and you know he's he's you know there's nothing she could do to break him of this. Uh, he ends up, um, he like he's stuck on this bridge, and she's like, "Oh, Truman, you know you can't drive over water. Yeah, you know you yeah you're afraid of water. Remember, you yeah. know." And he basically like forces her to like hold the steering wheel and just like guns it. Yeah, 
And he's kind of like, I'm going to make it over this bridge no matter it's what. Yeah. It's a really great scene. Yeah. Um, but so again, she's like totally gaslighting him. Like you can't do it. I'm gonna call your mother. Yeah. yeah. And um, they get over the bridge, and then there's there's a fire. There's like a leak at the plant. There's <laughs> this plant we never even heard of before. Right? I mean, this there's just like chemical plant. Chemical plant. There's all this stuff, and he can't get past all of these barriers. And the and a great moment, and it's chilling actually. If you're not if you're not ready for it, it's where uh, a very helpful cop comes over because they're in the middle of nowhere where this 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 company is allegedly this this plant has had a has an accident. So they tell me, yeah, you're in the middle of nowhere, but I think they're on. Well, the it's edge. across the it's across the way. I mean, it's outside of city limits. Yeah, but it's it's. I think it like where they are is like almost exiting the actual right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's, it's 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 far out there because I mean, how many acres do you think this thing is or miles? Oh, rather? I don't know. It tells you, but yeah. I don't but in remember. any case, no. So in any case, yeah. So the so the very helpful actor playing the trooper is telling him to turn around. Truman says thank you, and he says no worries. Yeah, you're nope. welcome. You're welcome, Truman. Truman, yeah, and and you know he hadn't told him his name. And oh man, if you watch Laura Linney in this moment, it's so chilling the look on her face. Just like, She's so scary in this moment. Oh no. Yeah, because yeah, because then Truman gets out of the car and books it, which is totally the right thing to do. And he gets tussled to the ground by guys in hazmat suits. Yeah, it's like a scene out of E.T. <laughs> yes, it is. You know, where he's like he's E.T. and these scientists are like trying to tackle him and, and imprison him. And it's it's also this thing at once again, like the casting is perfect because it's not only you know because we care about jim carrey of course we do the fact that it's this beloved character on this show and he's being treated in such an inhumane way it does hurt to watch it and carrie there's moments like this where he's not playing it for laughs we're just seeing a guy so defeated it's so sad mm-hmm. um yeah so it, it works because it works because you know they cast this incredibly likable actor um, but we care about Truman. You know, yeah. we don't, you know, the, he's surrounded by villains, but we certainly care about him. So that night, like Truman and Meryl are in the kitchen and he's trying to have a real conversation with her. Yeah. And she like picks up this like box of cocoa powder and just like does like this <laughs> improv commercial. And he's like, who are you talking to? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Let me get you some help, Truman. You're not well. Why do you want to have a baby with me? You can't stand me. That's not true. Why don't you let me fix you some of this new Mococo drink? All natural cocoa beans from the upper slopes of Mount Nicaragua, no artificial sweeteners. What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? I've tasted other Cocos. This is the best. What the hell does this have to do with anything? Tell me what's happening! Well, you're having a nervous breakdown. That's what's happening. You're part of this, aren't you? Ruin! (gasps) Meryl! You are scaring me! You're scaring me, Meryl. What are you going to do? Dice me? Slice me or peel me? so many choices no! do something what did you say who are you talking nothing i didn't say anything i didn't say anything what did you say 
Okay, you asked me the moment that I thought it was like really real for him that Mm -hmm. this was all fake. I think it's this moment where she yells out, do something, because he's like, uh, who, who are you talking to? Right. You know, like, obviously you're not telling, I'm the only, am I not the only one here? Yeah. You know? So she's freaking out and then they she has a breakdown yeah she has a breakdown marlon comes over again every time marlon comes over he's got a six-pack of beer yeah and he holds it straight into the camera's face so we can see the logo (laughs) on the product exactly and um meryl's just like oh thank god how can anyone expect me to work in these conditions it's so unprofessional and it's like oh wow she's really letting loose yeah she's just uh, it's it's over for meryl it's over for meryl yeah um, in fact, forgive me, uh, this is her last scene, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we don't see her for the rest of the film, and it's alluded to later that she left Truman. I would have loved to have seen that scene. Yeah. But yeah, she left. Maybe she, maybe they had her, like, send him a letter. Maybe she couldn't. That's true. Maybe she couldn't bring herself to, like, face him again. Yeah, they might have had one of the writers come up with a letter. Yep, because she's Meryl. like, guess what, guys? I am done. He had a knife up to my throat, and I'm not going back. And she's got a future, you know, doing commercials for the rest of her life. So, oh man, she's good. She's really good. Um, so this is the conversation with Marlon and him and Truman are like out in their special spot on the bridge, and he's he's getting his lines fed to him from Kristoff. Yeah, and this is it's because this is when the film's uh, it's the second uh, second act, yeah, second third act. I mean, it's we're really getting into the merging of the fake and the real world here. And you know, we're finally returning to the Ed Harris character who we hadn't seen for a long period of time. Um, so we see how it works where he is yeah, he's got a mic and he's feeding the lines that Marlon is saying Truman we're seeing, we're seeing that you know Ed Harris's character, Kristoff, um, is inside this this studio, and um, yeah, we're seeing exactly how this is working. And um, as I told you, like for me, I I think this my my opinion, this is the moment where Truman is realizing that it's all a facade because um, he knows he knows it's fake, and Marlon basically says the thing that he probably shouldn't say because it's what Truman is thinking, which is that look, if if it's not real, then I'm not real either. Then then. All of this is fake. So yeah. he's like, you know, there's no in. I'm not in on it. Maybe I'm losing my mind, but it feels like the whole world revolves around me somehow. It's a lot of world for one man, Truman. Sure that's not wishful thinking? You wishing you'd made something more out of yourself? Come on, Truman. Who hasn't sat in the john, had an imaginary interview on Sea Haven tonight? Who hasn't wanted to be somebody? This is different. Everybody seems to be in on it. I've been your best friend since we were seven years old, Truman. Only way you and I ever made it through school was by cheating off each other's test papers. <laughs> Jesus, they were identical. But I always felt safe knowing that. Because whatever the answer was, we were right together and we were wrong together. Remember that time I stayed up with you all night in your tent because you wanted to play North Pole? And I got pneumonia? (laughs) 
You remember that? <laughs> you were at school for about a month. <laughs> You're the closest thing I ever had to a brother, Truman. I know that things haven't really worked out for either of us like we used to dream they would. I know that feeling when it's like everything's slipping away and you don't want to believe it, so you you look for answers somewhere else, but well, but well, the point is I'd gladly walk in front of traffic for point is, I would gladly step in front of traffic for you, Truman. And the last thing I'd ever do is lie to you. And the last thing that I would ever do is lie to you. Yeah, watch watch what Carrie and Emmerich are doing here, because Emmerich has these moments where he's, you know, telling Truman I would never lie to you, and clearly he's, he's lying. Um... And there's weight to the way Emmerich is playing, and it's beautiful um, because he's—I don't know—it it does seem like there is a sense of you know tor inner torment, and I really feel like Carrie is showing us that like this is it for Truman. He knows that his last, you know, his last stab at holding it together and and you know maybe accepting that he's out of his mind or things are wrong—it's all gone here because now this has happened. Yeah. And then what happens next is even more far-fetched. Oh, yeah. So he, like, uh, Marlon's like, I, I have, like, your dad is back. So he brings his dad back to the show. And, and they embrace on the bridge. And we yeah. see how the show works. And it's a funny moment where... You know, we see uh, we see Christoph orchestrating this whole thing, and he's telling the the composer to up the music. Cause it's all live, and of course, the composer is Philip Glass, the movie's actual composer, which oh. is really funny to see him like 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 more softer with the music, softer, you know, and uh, you know, and slow close up so that when they embrace and they hug and everything, and he's like, Dad. And everyone's like clapping and cheering, you know. Yeah, but before we get into what happens next, because then we get this montage of how the Truman Show works as a television yes. show, I think it's interesting to consider um, exactly what happens in the third act, which is not to jump too far ahead, but Truman's escape. How does that happen? Well, he's embracing this actor who plays his father or played his father for a amount of time. And it's established that the father could sail. And later on in the film, Truman is able to sail. And it's this thing of like, where did he learn? I kind of wonder what the father said to him while they were embracing. Mm. I wonder if that was the moment where he like, like, I'll tell you how to get out of here and I'll tell you what's what, you know? Yeah, but there might. So I don't know realistically if he would have been able to get away with that. Well, between, you know, all the, you know, the emotional histrionics and the, the music, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. That's an interesting theory. If, any, if anybody, you know, because he's, because, you know, he's also, he came back, you know, unwanted, unwelcome. He came back as an extra into the show. And it was a long time, you know. I mean, you know, why did he come back? It's because, not well, only because it's a steady gig, but. I think he came back because he really felt like Truman's dad. Yeah. And, he, and you know, and I suspect he was probably the one who, you know, did the only fatherly thing he'd had left in him, which is to help his son get out of there. 
Oh, interesting. Just an idea. I Just don't know, idea. but I suspect it because that's also one of we have one other scene, but like there's that character also fades away. Yeah. Um but anyway, yeah. So then after this bit of business, then we get a montage of Truman going back to the way it was. The illusion. Well, but before that, okay. there's the inter- Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The montage of how the, the yeah. So there's an interview with Christoph on TV and, and this True is Talk. And true it's hosted talk. by Harry Shear of This is Spinal Tap and The Simpsons. And he's like, We have a rare opportunity to interview the creator of the Truman Show. Thank you so much. You know, it's almost like, oh, God is in the room and like he's actually going to talk to us, you know? So this part is funny though where they explain like all the infiltrators that tried to like, you know, free Truman and tell him what's going on throughout his whole life. Like someone popping out of like a present, you know, someone who like parachuted in, (laughs) which I don't even know how they would parachute into this place. I guess you, I mean, it's established that it's a dome that you could see from outer space. So it's presumably somebody got to the top of this thing and And got through, you know, pulled an Ethan Hunt and went through (laughs) the air duct and jumped down. Yeah. But all of the, the people that tried to tell him, so they do a funny montage with that, but yeah, this is where Kristoff said they had to manufacture ways to keep Truman from leaving the island. Mm-hmm. Um, that Truman was an unwanted pregnancy and the first baby to be adopted by a corporation. So he said, we accept the reality of the world in which we are presented. That's a profound thing. And mm-hmm. I say that all the time because there are mm-hmm. people in this life, whether it's an ideology or religion or just a broken frame of mind or a form of bigotry or whatever it is. That is keeping them from being better people or or just forcing them, causing them to see the world in this fractured way. It's like, yeah, you know, people believe what they want to believe. And it's just it's a comfort for people when they have others around them to support that that ideology or whatever, whatever that thing is that they're holding on to. Mm-hmm. So he's right. And but he's also talking about how the Truman Show has not only conditioned one person, but has conditioned the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is someone who who convinced the entire world to watch a regular person on TV, which on on one hand sounds very banal. I mean, it does sound like the lamest, you know, uh, reality TV show. And let's face it, considering all the real stuff that has happened, namely the Kardashians over the years, the Truman Show is pretty, it's pretty plain compared to the real stuff that's on TV now. But I mean, it it is interesting because, yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking about somebody who, you know, obviously in this world has a Steve Jobs like hold on the world with his mm-hmm. innovations and his technological breakthroughs. So then Sylvia calls in the show uh, to yell at Christoph, and the host is like, "Oh, we can go to the next caller." And Christoph is like, "No, no, this we've heard. We know who this person is. Like, yeah, tell us what you think, you know." And she she basically tries to tell Christoph off. And he tells her, like, you think you know him? You know, like, you spent 30 minutes with him. Like, you don't know him at all. And But she's trying to express that he's a bad person for what he's doing to Truman and that Truman will eventually break free. Um, and then, you know, it's this, com- it's this back and forth conversation about the moral ethics of the show. Is there yeah. one? You know, can yeah. you look at it in a morally ethical way? Um, and I have lots of thoughts about that. You and I talked about that last night. One of the things this this sequence reminds me of, the whole True Talk thing, it reminds me when you would have the wonderful world of Disney on TV, 
And to be like, ladies and gentlemen, a special guest, Walt Disney. Yeah. Walt Disney come up like, hi, I'm Walt Disney. And like, of course he's on the show. Of course, you know, it's called the wonderful world of Disney. So I, I, yeah. it is funny that they're like, ladies and gentlemen, Kristoff, the creator of the Truman Show on the Truman Show. Right. Um, you know, and they, yeah, they treat him like a god. Um, but he's also clearly, you know, a, a programmer because one of the funniest one-liners that he comes up with, uh, they ask, like, how are you going to explain this whole thing about Truman's father being gone? It's like amnesia. Like, oh, perfect. Because yeah. <laughs> this is the age of, like, every soap opera, every show, every movie. It's like, yeah, everybody's got amnesia. Yeah. 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 Um, so then he says, yeah, you know, Meryl's going to be leaving the show and... You know, we're we're gonna have to introduce like a new love interest, and yeah, it's like oh my gosh, you found a, another actress to sleep with Truman Burbank, yeah, who is going to be you know basically his life partner on camera. Well, you know if if he you know how long was, falls in love with her? How long was Meryl's gig? I mean, we're talking like what? Let's say sixteen years old till she was like thirty five. So about I fifteen think, years. I think or it was so? like. 18 to 38. And that's wild. That's that's 20 years. That's a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. I think she was on the show like 20 years. Yeah. Which is so crazy. But um, all right. Now we're back to the actual Truman show and he's back like talking in his bathroom mirror. Yeah. And everyone thinks he's back to his old self. Yeah. Because he's acting mm-hmm. just like he was before. Yeah. But he does say something at the end of that. He's like that. That was like that was for you kind mm. of like he knows now that he's entertaining somebody yeah i don't think he doesn't understand how big it that's is that's a good point yeah but now he's like that was a freebie mm-hmm. like he says something like that yes yeah that's a good point and i i'm like oh yeah like he's kind of just giving people what they want because, what they expect yeah what they expect and he's got a plan so he um and every morning part of his morning ritual after he gets the paper he always runs into these two twins in yes. suits. And it's always the same thing where he's talking to them and they always push him to the side so that he's out of frame of the commercial in the background. Yes. Which is so funny that he, this happens every single morning to him. Yes. It's like, oh my. If it's that like happened, Ned Ryerson every morning with this guy. It, it is a lot of, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's a lot of Groundhog Day. Yeah, although Groundhog Day was talking about a community, you know, that's kind of stuck in tradition or whatever. This is like, this really is this Norman Rockwellian world where it's like 50s, 50s standards, 50s, you know, social cues, um, how conservative it is on some level, um, trying to create the all-American experience. The, right. Certainly the American dream. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um Okay, so then we find out he, you know, the people in the control room, the, the Christoph is like, what's, where's Truman? They're like, oh, he's just sleeping in there. Like, he's like, well, do you have a better angle? Because you can't see his face. Yeah. And they're like, no, he's just like sleeping. Uh, the other cameras are blocked. And clearly it's like in the dead of night. And yeah, it, there's, um, he basically like fakes them out by getting like a big blow up and covering it with a blanket in his basement. And they figure out that he's gone. So they cut the transmission of the show. And the world freaks out. Yeah. That part is so crazy because they get, well, they get Marlon over there to like see if he's actually there. And Marlon discovers the blow up. Yeah. And then, like you said, he pulls a Shawshank and tunnels out. And it's behind a poster of Fiji. Yes. Yeah. So like literal Shawshank tunneling behind a poster and 
that goes into his backyard or something. Yes. So. Yeah, and you have a moment where where uh, <clears throat> where Marlon looks right at the camera like he's gone, and then they cut the transmission. Everybody yeah. freaks out. It's interesting. Like, <laughs> I do love all the scenes of of all the people around the world watching the show. One, it's interesting that they you have a Japanese family, and the son is Yuji Akimoto Chosen from the Karate Kid Part Two and and oh. the current Cobra Kai. Um, yes, yeah, so there's like a lot of character actors doing bits where they're looking right at the camera and they're all wearing like, you know, Truman shirts and sweaters and they got posters. Oh, and... yeah. I like the old lady who has a Truman pillow. She just hugs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, it's, it's fascinating to think is, and it's established in the true talk segment. This is, this is a huge business. This is a huge character. This is one of the biggest, you know, most recognizable faces on television. And, you know, the appeal is that everybody got to watch him grow up. It's like Kelly Clarkson. I mean, you know, did Kelly Clarkson have a shot at being a career, at, you know, having a career? Sure, she was talented. But the fact that the world, certainly America, feels like, look, like we made her a star. Yeah, we voted we for her. We discovered her. We voted for her. We saw her through. So in a sense, it's like she owes us, but we also, we nurtured her development. It is that kind of, you know, mentality. Mm. Yeah. Well, so Sorry, they, Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> they show like the manhunt, everybody like arm in arm, like looking for Truman. Yeah, and this is the last time you see the parents, <clears throat> excuse me, where the mother is still remaining in character. Like if he just hears my voice and the father goes like, Truman, you know, yeah. but it is, you know, and it seems like Marlon is the one uh, or whoever he really is as a person outside of the Truman show. He's the one who's not in character. He's kind of looking around like this isn't. This yeah. isn't working. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I noticed that some of the characters, like those two twin guys, they are, I, I think they're actually producers of the show because mm. they're like, just find him. Like they're super like <laughs> yeah, scary. Yeah. <clears throat> and then his next door neighbor with the dog. Yeah. It's hilarious. The Dalmatian is like a bloodthirsty oh my monster when it's, when it's not uh, during the daytime. Yeah. Yeah. I- yeah, and Truman's actually really scared of him. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he's fine. But he's actually not fine. Yeah, bloodthirsty bloodhound <laughs> on his on the scent. Yep. So they say, um, they're like, we don't, we don't have eyes on the water. And they're like, but he's scared of the water. And he's like, find him. And so they actually turn the sun on prematurely, <laughs> yeah. which is hilarious. Yeah, which is a great moment where, you know... Uh, Harris is his back is to us and he turns to profile and says cue the sun I'm like oh man that's a that's yeah. a movie trailer moment right there yeah yeah and then they they find him sailing mm-hmm. in the water and then you said how did he learn how to sail mm-hmm. and I'm like yeah there wasn't really like the internet back then I mm-hmm. mean how how did he learn how to sail do you think he just kind of well, it's the key line, and not to jump to the last scene, but it's that key line where Truman says, you never had a camera in my head. Yeah. We never knew how we learned to sail. We never knew how we learned to, you know, dig a hole through his house that provided him an escape. That's true. You know, um, it's like that moment where he improvised driving across the bridge. I think he just found survivalist warrior ways within him. It's like, look, I do or die. Yeah. Yeah. So they... Um... I mean, a boat is a, a heck of a thing to improvise your way through, but mm-hmm. he saw his father do it. And like they I said- They probably I, sailed a lot when he was a kid, though, Yes, before I, the accident. Yes. And I suspect, I do suspect that his father had a hand in not only confirming the unreality of it, but maybe even helping him escape. Yeah. So, but they, you know, Christoph sends a huge storm. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone in the control room is like, well- 
what if he dies? He's like, he was born on television and he can die on television. It's like, dang. Yeah, and Paul Giamatti, Paul Giamatti is his, is his basically his number two guy who's controlling the, the weather, which is interesting to see Giamatti in this. Um, and then, of course, there's also Philip Baker Hall, who I guess is the head of the network. He pops up here and there. Uh, yeah, but it's like, you know, the creator is turning on his creation. And mm-hmm. initially, it's just a matter of sort of sedating him, controlling him, scaring him. But then, you know, Truman defiantly looks at the camera and says, is that all you got? And <laughs> and and Kristoff takes it personally yeah. and loses his temper and turns turns the volume up to 11 and yeah. basically hits Truman with this tsunami. Yeah. So then he's like, okay, that's enough. And the sun comes out and the water calms down and um, his boat runs into the wall. Yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing shot. If you, if you don't expect it. Uh, to see, you know, the the head of the ship just crash into this wall, which yeah. looks like the facade of, of, yeah. Yeah. It's great. And just to see Truman like, what? There's a wall? Like, he gets out of the boat and he's just like walking along the edge of this dome and finds some stairs. Yeah. Before that, I mean, I should mention, I mean, it, it's it's always a scene that really affects me where, um, where Truman, he touches the the wall. And it is like, it's almost like the, you know, the picture of David touching the hand of God, you know, he's touching the wall and, you know, it's like, it's this physical confirmation of what he always knew was there. You know, it's, it's always there, this thing, you know, keeping him from escaping, keeping him from living and he's pounding against it. And the camera like carries back as to the camera. And I remember the first time I saw this movie and I thought like, he needs to turn around. This is like the Oscar moment. This is a big moment for this character. He's breaking down. He's crying. It's, it's so powerful. Um, but looking at it the other day, like I was so moved by it. It's like, you know, the fact that we're still looking at this through Truman vision, mm-hmm. we're still looking at these cameras, you know, so clearly, yeah, we're not seeing the best view of, of this performance that Carrie is giving because this is the only camera that was on him at the moment on Truman Burbank. Um, and it is more effective that we only see a little bit of what's going on with him in, in his face because physically, we see exactly what's going on. Anyway, it's a very powerful moment. And uh, mm-hmm. I, if anything, like now I look at it, I go like, oh, yeah, the fact that it's not the camera's not right on Carrie, who, of course, could give the performance of a lifetime. Instead, like it's more suggesting it because we're seeing, you know, we're seeing his body breaking down. It's like, you know, this is this is this wall that will not go away. And he's just again, he feels defeated, even though he's, you know, he's he's kind of discovered this whole new world now. Well, he hasn't quite discovered the world yet. He just has discovered that his well, he, world is fake. Yeah, and he's uh, he's it's it's a shot where he's literally walking on water. More on that. He's literally walking on water because he's found this little this little uh, path leading to this staircase, leading to this door. He opens. It's black, um, but clearly it's a way out. Right, and then Christoph is like, "I want to talk to him." So he does talk to him. And he's like, and the the uh, Christoph's voice is coming from the clouds, so it, it it's definitely you know it's it's not subtle, um, which is why I've always felt comfortable talking about how the movie may work as an allegory. We'll talk about that, um, yeah. Some kind of theological dissection. Um, but because, he was asking him like, "Who are you? And yeah. who am I? Yeah, you know, and what was all this? And what you know." But the thing, like, Christoph says, like, you were real. You were the reason that this worked. Yeah. You know, but and he's like, oh, it's a TV show. And then um, he's like, why aren't you going to say something? Like, the whole world watching. Yeah, yeah. And that's when Truman just turns around and, like, 
says, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And just and takes a bow. And he says it in a way, it's like, up yours. Yeah. It's like the biggest middle finger he can give <laughs> this guy. And it's great. It's wonderful. Yeah, exactly. So then he just like walks out the door and like, that's it. And then you see these people, like everyone who's watching is like cheering. Like, finally. Everyone around the world is cheering. Yeah, like yeah. He, he escaped. And yeah. Sylvia like runs out to go find him and... Um, these two like security guards are like, maybe you want to see what else is on TV? Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, the movie abruptly ends. I mean, it's a tight film. It it's uh, it's under two hours, and it, I mean, it moves. It, it you know, it doesn't overexplain itself. I think it tells us just enough with uh, with how the show works and the logic of it, and the fact that these actors have been you know doing this for years. I like that it doesn't overexplain. It's certainly, you know, we don't need to know about the sex stuff, although it's very curious because, <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's, it, it because the film... You keep bringing it up. Well, it's, I mean, look, the fact that that's there is important because that's one of the things that makes this thing so insidious, right? Yeah. Because otherwise, the whole thing of him living in this world, which, by the way, is a real place. This is, this is this, this, you know this gated community in Florida that everybody yeah. dreams about living in. And Truman, you know, as, as Christoph tells him, like you are, you know, you stay here, you're protected. I, you know, I've, you know, the world out there is not good. Yeah. Stay here. You will be protected. You will be loved. Yeah. And plus he's living in this, you know, this, 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 you know, Norman Rockwell and utopia. And as I said to you, like on the one hand, I get it. I wanted to escape. On the other hand, most people would be down for this. Most people, especially now in the world we live in where everybody is self-documenting, look at us with our podcast, everybody <laughs> is narcissistic with, you know, reality TV star grandeur, you know, as a, you know, as, as a, as a goal. Yeah, but they, okay, someone might be down for it if they've already lived in the real world and things just aren't going well for them. They might opt in to something like this. But he's also talking about this. I mean, don't you think Truman would think for a moment like, oh yeah, it might be easier for me just to no. go back. No, because he doesn't know what he's missing. He wants to see what's out there. Right. He's curious. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, you know, it's like, do you get on that rocket ship and go to another world or do you stay on the planet that okay. you know? Do you stay with like psycho Merrill who can only talk to you? Well, Merrill's been written off. It's fine. No. We saw the new Office Girl. So wow. clearly, clearly that season 16 is going to be really exciting. <laughs> clearly a child is going to be conceived on TV and all over the place. <laughs> yeah, she was very much flirting with him. Oh, yeah. But like, he's already like figured out that this is not real. This is not genuine. Who are these people? You know, what's he supposed to do? Like go back and pre keep pretending? Or like if he were to go back, can he now talk about how it's fake? Or does he have to pretend? You know what I mean? Like how do you, what do you even do? I'm not saying it's what I wanted him to do. But I mean, for me, there is an emotional reality that makes sense where he would go back. Yeah. That no, he would just keep he, going with this because he, no. it's comfortable. It's what he does. It's, no, but he's he's been looking he's been holding sylvia's sweater and you know tearing out pictures of eyes and and nose and hair and trying to create a collage of her face and now he has the chance to go find her like he's not gonna give that up yeah but he also has to realize how fruitless and ridiculous this is i mean no he doesn't he realize doesn't, that well, well he doesn't know that she probably lives within what 20 miles of the studio she probably lives in the same state where they filmed the truman show yeah. 
Yeah. You know, so like, you know, but he so thinks she's in Fiji. Yeah. And, and this is before the internet. What are the chances that they're actually going to find each other? Because she knows where the dome is yeah. and he's leaving the dome. And everyone knows he's leaving, so she's going to find him. He's going to be sworn. Everybody knows he wants to be with her, so there's it's going to be like crowd. But he hasn't you know. seen her since he was in high school. Don't you think like there's going to be a lot of like, I'm Meryl. No, I'm... Or I'm no. Sylvia. No. I think they'd step forward and... No, he knows who she is. He knows who she is. He's got that Vogue, uh, Vanity Fair... Esquire magazine compilation. Yeah. Tell him. He's going to be like, I'm looking for Sylvia. And everyone's going to be like, help Truman find Sylvia. Like that's... She's got the eyes of Christine Brinkley. She's got the neck of Elle McPherson. They, they know who she is. They've all, they've all watched her. <laughs> that's true. She's on the there greatest tele- hits. <laughs> She's on the greatest, She's hits, on the greatest tape. hits tape. That's right. They all right. know who she is. Yep. Like six degrees of separation or whatever. Like they all, he's going to walk out of this dome see the real world and then everyone's gonna be like look it's truman and he's gonna be like help me find sylvia they're all gonna come to his rescue he probably finds her in 30 minutes now do you think the show is going to be canceled at this point or do you think the real tragedy of this movie is that those thousands of television artists are all going to be unemployed yeah they're all going on unemployment they all have to find new jobs that's so sad all the good work that they did on that show they had this catering to just 38 years (laughs) <laughs> Most man. people don't have the same job for ten years, and it's all and because one man. I mean, Truman Burbank is a monster to walk away from this, and all those unemployed people. <laughs> I know you are not serious. The visionary, the visionary grandeur of Kristoff and what he has provided, just for one person, who will not go back and just walk through his life and allow all sleep these people, his life. yeah, just sleepwalk yeah. through your life and just, you know, enjoy this perfect okay, living existence. Who's going to like, okay, that's the other thing. If he, let's just, you're playing devil's advocate here. So here's me doing Maybe it. Not. But, Maybe I want to live there. Maybe I want to be true and Burbank. Yeah, exactly. But, um, he goes back and he's not the same person. Mm-hmm. So maybe the show's ratings just like plummet because he's like, I already know it's fake. What if he just ends up like sitting in his house you know, watching his fake TV shows, just like scratching his nether regions, eating bonbons. You <laughs> know what I inter- mean? That's interesting. Yeah. Does the and show lose its appeal yeah, once we know? He makes, he, yeah, exactly. Because like, this guy's just on a vacation exactly. now. Exactly. Now, now he's not doing jack. Mm, you know what I mean? That's interesting. Because he doesn't, he knows he doesn't have to. This is like those shows we watch where the couples are like, there's sexual tension and chemistry. They sleep with each other and nobody watches the show anymore. Yeah. It's like that. It's like, like Lois and Clark, my favorite show in high school. And they finally like got we've already had, we've already had the first conception on TV. Like I don't even watch a Truman show anymore. That show yeah. used to be like, like what do we have to look forward to now? Like, okay, he's, you know, he's going to have a midlife crisis. And, yeah. 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 Exactly. Which show from your life, just name one show that you wish was like the Truman Show, where the actors on it, either all of them or one of them, were not aware that the show was fake. Probably name one that I would want. Yeah, probably The Office. The Office. That's interesting. Since The Office is already like halfway there. Yeah, it's the illusion that we're watching a fake show. That's interesting. It would be hilarious if there was somebody who actually thought that that was a real documentary and these were like real people working at a paper company and that Michael Scott was like their actual boss. Like that would have just made it 
so much funnier. My pick for like a television show that was long running and beloved where I wish the lead actor really believed that it was all real. Uh-huh. Scott Bakula on Quantum Leap. <laughs> that he really thought he was time traveling into all those different people's lives. And Dean Stock was like, yeah, sure, Sam. Now you're a woman in the 60s. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know how they could have pulled that off, like to make him think that it was real. You know what? You know what's interesting? Because if we talk about it that way, you know, the best Truman Show ripoff was because the year after this movie came out, Ed TV came out with mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey, nowhere near as good. And by the way, Ed is nowhere near as interesting as Truman. But I think the best uh, companion piece with the Truman Show, Bolt. Oh, yeah. Bolt's a great... Love like, that. It's basically the Truman Show with dogs, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned this last night. I really appreciate you saying this because I had never thought of it before. But, you know, the, the world of the Truman Show is a cult and Kristoff is a cult leader. Yep. Bolt is kind of like how someone escapes from this. And mm-hmm. it's this whole idea of being deprogrammed after years and years of being conditioned by yeah. this television show that's telling you everything you're experiencing is real well you were bringing up how you know maybe krasov is like god and well all right well Well, okay but i just want to say yes i think when we first saw this movie back in the 90s i would have been like yeah that, that makes sense you know he's the creator he's like looking down on his creation and he's like sort of controlling things making things happen but now that i'm older and hopefully a little bit wiser like i I just don't think that that's an accurate representation of of God. I think it really is more a cult leader. And he, because he is like literally feeding lines to people to lie to Truman. And Truman is being gaslit at every turn. Like he can't find the truth. He can't find anyone to tell him the truth. And everything from the, the radio to the newspaper to his own wife, are all like, and his own mom, um, all telling him things to keep him believing this lie, that his life is real, that these things are real, and that he shouldn't want to travel, shouldn't want to like have any dreams or anything like that, just want to stay in this little town. And even though he doesn't even want to, so like, he has these desires and these dreams, and everybody's like, no, that that's not going to happen for you. You're scared of the water. You can't. When you, you're crazy. You can't do that. You know. So the propaganda and the gaslighting that happened to him is total cult mentality one on one. You know what I mean? And you asked me if I thought Truman would be able to make it in the real world, and I was like, yes, a hundred percent. Like you see people come out of these cults that were completely brainwashed by you know, these narcissistic leaders and yeah, like they do have to go through a bit of deprogramming and therapy and, you know, be in like a safe place with people who can help walk them through like what happened to them, which I do think Truman will have to do once he's out, but I, it's not impossible, you know, like, yeah, his life was uh, the reality of his life was a lie, but doesn't mean that his experiences in that world weren't real to him. So like all those things that happened in childhood, you know, like going to the beach, like building sandcastles, you know, there are things that were real, but, uh, you know, eventually he needed to spread his wings and fly and like nobody wanted him to do that. 
I don't see him working in the real world at all. I think his uh, his experience in you know again if we're gonna like go getting with a job <clears throat> or just living a life. I think Sylvia. I think uh, they would have to live in total seclusion. They would have to be living off the grid somewhere because it's not just that he's going to have PTSD to rival Martha, 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 Marcy, May, Marlene. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's you know this this is someone who all of his childhood memories, all of his teen memories. Everybody has a reference for. This is like if I, you know, I mean. Oh yeah, he could go back and just like watch his life. He, he could do that, which is a, so a whole weird. kind of scarring. And this is also like if you meet people, like oh, you know, it, it would be like oh yeah, like somebody. I mean, imagine someone talking about an intimate moment of your life, like it was the Soup Nazi episode from Seinfeld. It's mm-hmm. that kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. like it's so crazy that everybody has an opinion about him, and he's only becoming aware of it. So I think he and Sylvia would, you know, maybe they would do like a little bit of press or like write a tell-all book, and then they would have to vanish because who can you be friends with? Someone who hasn't been watching the Truman Show. That's like finding someone who hasn't been watching Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones in the last few years. Everybody has a reference for this. Yeah. So, you know, it's like when they used to talk about, like, how hard it was to find a juror for the O.J. Simpson trial. How hard is it to find someone who doesn't know this person? Where could they live in obscurity? They have to become Amish. Well, there's a movie. (laughs) Well, so my thought was... I think Truman has grounds to sue Kristoff's corporation because, you know, he, he, there was no informed consent for this situation. And so I think he could sue him for like multiple millions of dollars. And then, yeah, him and Sylvia, maybe they, maybe they get a boat and they sail around the world. Like maybe they do live off grid. I don't know. But I think eventually they could find a small community of people that, either didn't watch the show or didn't care about it, you know, and have some kind of like family. Maybe he goes and finds his like real birth mom. Who knows? It does speak to what it, what it is like to become a mega celebrity who has a, you know, maybe like what it's like to be Taylor Swift because Taylor Swift is not an off-putting person. You know, Taylor Swift is very much like, look, I have fans. They're called Swifties. (laughs) <laughs> and I am hugely popular, and my songs are about all of you, about all of us. It's a shared experience, you know. And and I'm not saying are, this to, are you a secret Swifty? Definitely not. Oh, okay. um, I, I I like her, but I'm not a huge fan. Um, but I mean, whoever it is, I just pulled the name out of a hat. Whoever it is, you know, if you get to that level of fame where everything about your life, everything, you know, whether Cruz, Bruce Willis, Will Smith, whoever, you know, where someone is so ultra mega famous. And there just isn't enough of, I mean, you know, we talk about like like Christian Bale when he became famous. People really didn't know who he was. They weren't even aware of like who he was married to as opposed to, you know, someone who like grew up in front of a camera. And that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it speaks to that, like the danger of that and also how it, it, it creates an impossible existence, which again... Which is why when um, when Kristoff offers Truman, like, you know, we did all this for you. We are protecting you. To a degree, it's like th- this can either be a utopia or this can be hell. It just depends on how you look at it. Yeah. But I do see it as a religious parable. I do. I think, and it's not, 
you know, and, 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 you know, I agree with you because it does, it, it's, it is the question of like, well, what is the interpretation exactly? What is this movie saying? Is it, is it saying that, you know, it's about what turning your back to God or accepting God, the good and the bad, you know, accepting this idea that God, you know, can, whatever, can be punishing as well as full of grace. I don't, I don't think it's about that. I think it's strictly about uh, predestination versus free will. I think that's about the relationship that we have with God that this movie is talking about. Because look, his name is Christoph. It's spelt like of Christ, Christ of. I don't think that's an accident. The fact that uh, Sylvia is praying while Truman is making the decision whether to go through the door. Truman, as he bows, he lifts up his hands. And the way it's framed, there's the black bar behind him and his hands are outstretched. It does look like a cross. He's clearly meant to be the son of God in some way. He is shown walking on water in that last scene. I know it's a visual, but I mean, it's, it is a, you know, implied visual. Um, and, you know, the fact that Kristoff uh, has this godlike power, not to mention knowledge and, uh, and, and, and in his way, an empathy for Truman, I think it does speak to that. Um, the shot where Truman is asleep and Kristoff sort of very lovingly caresses his face on this giant screen. It's like that's that speaks to how a lot of us, you know, envision our relationship with God. And in terms of being a father son relationship and the fact that, you know, uh, I mean, what to, to talk about it this way? I mean, like, you know, to talk about God's judgment, to talk about the unknowable, to talk about how, you know, in the Old Testament, God was angry. Um, to talk about all those things about God that are untouchable and about the things about God that are com- that are relatably universally human that we all believe. That's where it gets really interesting because I think it's it's about a creator trying to understand his creation and vice versa. But as Truman says in the last scene, and it's a key key line, he says, you never had a camera inside my head. And that's why it was never, you know, it was never copacetic because... Um, there was such a level of dishonesty to it. But then it's that question of like, well, you know, what kind of life it is, is it if it's predestination versus free will? If you have the freedom to do whatever versus a life where everything is predestined, but in this case, it's a way to protect you. It's a way of, it's a form of loving you, even though you're basically a prisoner. Because isn't that what predestination is? Isn't it a form of prison if an all-knowing God is basically just calling all the shots and there's no surprises in your life. Everything, the script is already written. See, everything you've just described is why I do think it's a cult. (laughs) Because I don't... I don't think what you're saying, <laughs> what you're saying doesn't resonate with my feelings or knowledge or faith in God at all. Like, I think, um, I think God knows everything, every possibility that's out there, but I think he gives us and we just have wills of our own. I mean, we, we, we exercise them every day. It's not like everything is is pre-planned i don't think can we talk about this in terms of being a literal interpretation if we wanted to go that far that marlon is judas and uh meryl is uh mary magdalene wow i mean we could i just i just think it breaks down at a certain point like it's not that what you're saying well it's messy it's yeah it's, it's not clear cut yeah and, you know, most depictions of man with God and God with man are loving and empathetic, you know, whereas this is, this is... This is a very, like, vindictive portrayal of, like, 
of an om- omniscient uh, Yeah, being. because if, if you say like, oh, you're in a prison, but it's for your own good. It's for your safety. Like, but isn't that what that life me- is no, in some degree? No. What are you even talking about? Somebody who has a sucky job and it's like, well, it's like, hey, it could be worse, right? It could be worse. Okay. If somebody has a sucky job and they their only response is to blame God or everything outside of themselves, I just don't have a ton of like respect for that because we do have a lot of choices. Now, are there things that happen to us outside of our control? Yes. Are there circumstances we find ourselves in? They're like, dang, like I didn't plan for that. Like that, that was crazy. That was completely out of left field. Of course. But like, if somebody is like, okay, here I am in this crappy cubicle and I don't want to be in it. There are so many steps that someone can take to make their way out of that situation. Is it going to be easy? No. Is it going to be maybe for some people two steps and for other people like 25 steps? Yes. Nothing is like fair about this situation. All I'm saying is that we can't just be like, well, here I am in this crappy life and that's it. Like, no, like we have so many choices every day, Mm -hmm. every year, you know, Truman does too. He just can't leave the building. <laughs> Look, if you had found out your whole life, oh my God, there are cameras everywhere. I'm an actor. You know, it's all been a facade. I mean, would you really feel like, you know, on the one hand, it's I like, oh, feel- that sucks that you've all lied, been lying to me, but like, this no, wasn't too bad, no, right? Literally, I'd be like, oh my gosh, like, what did they see that I thought I was like by myself? <laughs> Wouldn't you all, there's that. And Were when, you there in the bathroom with me? Were you like oh, there course, when I was taking everywhere. a shower? Everywhere. Like, where and I like had that, you know, bad burrito? Like what? Yeah, it's on It's on the tape. We could watch the tape together from the, the greatest hits. Julia, Planet Julia, the, the greatest hits. Were you there when I was like laid out with like COVID for five days? Like what? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the thing, like the, the worst thing about being on the Truman Show is that you're stuck. The best thing about being on the Truman Show is that you're on the Truman Show. If this movie was about a guy who never knew and never had aspirations of escaping this world, I mean, it's... I I feel like that it would have been like kind of boring then. Well, then it'd be like watching the Truman Show. It'd be like being one of those people watching the TV show. Because otherwise, that's what we're talking about. The conflict came from the the contrivances that they create for him. Because otherwise... Yeah, I mean, like, look for the for the first thirty or so years, it's about somebody growing up in this in this in right. this in this yeah this contrived world. You know, it, it it becomes more dramatic when he figures things out and tries to escape. But really, yeah. prior to that, I mean, this was you know people like free Truman, but really, it's like okay, he's got a pretty great life. So, he's been in there in the eighties and nineties. Like, there's terrible things that are going on in this world. He's right. There's no war in this world. No, I understand what you're saying, but like. Yeah, like before when he didn't know and he was just going along and whatever was fine with it because he didn't know. Okay, that's one thing. But once he knew and all of the forces were working against him to gaslight him every step of the way and and the propaganda machine started flowing, you know what I mean? Like that's I think when you have the problem of the cult-like existence you know, so I want to see if, if there's an extended extension of this because I, I don't want to touch a frame in this movie. But if, if I could change the ending, 
I would want to see this show go on and just call it Marlin. <laughs> and it's just Marlin. And they try to like look like we lost everything. Let's just okay. We got we got our number two actor. Okay, does Marlon still live in Seaside? Yeah, but he's yeah you know, he's still living in this world. And, and they just still... try to they try to make it a real show. And it's like okay, well people will be interested if we just like okay Marlon like this is the episode where Marlon goes to the dentist, and it doesn't go so well. Ha ha ha. Maybe they add like a laugh track. They like try to like do a spinoff with just Marlon. Okay, well, I don't that. think anybody would watch that. No, it'd be like Joey, right, from Friends. It'd be like, <laughs> it's such a bad idea. But no, that's that's what I want to see. I want to see them, like, desperately try to recreate the magic of the Truman Show. Well, okay. But they, okay. They think they got Frasier, but they got Joey. <laughs> okay, well, there was a show that tried to recreate something similar, that, that show Jury Duty. Right. Um, it's on freebie if anybody is interested. But so one guy who thinks that he's actually going to be on a documentary about being on a jury. And so they, everybody else is an actor. Um, he goes to a fake courthouse. Well, he goes to a real courthouse, but there's, it's a fake trial and he ends up being sequestered and the whole thing but the whole point of it is to like put him in situations where he to see what he's going to do. And at the end, you find out that his nickname is the hero. And they they clearly picked the right guy. Like they did a lot of interviewing and casting to find like the perfect guy for this role. But um, he ended up just bringing everybody together. Like it, it, it was like very uplifting. And when he finally found out. Because at one point he was like, it's so, everything that is happening is so crazy. I feel like this is like a reality show. <laughs> you know, so I think on some level, he kind of knew it wasn't exactly what he had signed up for, but he was very surprised at the end. But he was only doing this for like maybe a month out of his life, not 38 years. So, you know, and he knew it was going to be on TV. So there's that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, it, it's very close to the Truman Show, especially because it's about the concept that the main actor is not aware of what's going on, and it's mm-hmm. not a can camera kind of thing. It's this idea that, you know, it's creating a faux reality, and he's going through, you know, a, a scripted set of of uh, of contrivances. Yeah, and there are people that he's reacting to who are in on the joke. He is not. Um, yeah, no, it, it's it's interesting that. Um, yeah, it's interesting that uh, that that show caught on, and it was quite—it's become quite popular. People have been talking about it, and it was from the creators of The Office. So yeah, which is a which is a fake mockumentary in yeah. general. So yeah. yeah, no, I mean these there's an interconnectedness to this because you know even though The Office is scripted, but it it is meant to look and feel as much like an off the cuff documentary. Yeah. So we are attracted to this this idea of reality when clearly it's not. Clearly, yeah. you know, that there's always like something that you know you have to have something serious the ship because otherwise then we're just talking about documentary where you know and look there are obviously documentaries that are that are contrived but the best documentaries it's the sense that the camera is just being still on a subject or an idea and they're discovering things that happen as they happen the best documentary in my opinion is this movie called harlan county usa and it's about a coal mining strike and initially it's just about coal mining and you're seeing how these coal miners doing their thing this strike happens, violence breaks out, and the documentarian's like, oh my gosh, like this is really happening in front of me. There's like chaos and violence. 
Um, and so you're seeing it envelop as it really happened. <clears throat> and there's nothing contrived about it. I mean, it, I mean it, it just captured history. It was lightning in a bottle. Um, it's amazing when documentaries provide that. Because for the most part, documentaries are talking heads. Um, but in this case, like it is like reality television, so to speak, because because you're mm-hmm. you're you're seeing a moment as it actually happened. You know, it's like watching a surveillance camera, but done with art. You know, artfully. Um, yeah, it's like on the one hand, like you look at the Truman Show and you go, like, would anybody watch this, especially compared to what reality shows are like today? Like somebody's telling me, I have never seen. I don't even know what the premise is, but Vanderpump Rules. Oh no, and I then can't watch that. Brett stuff. Michaels had a show. Uh, like I hear about some of these shows, like how like insanely sleazy and popular they are. And by the way, like I I love TV, but I I, I really detest reality television. You know that. I, I don't I, watch yeah. reality TV stuff. Um, I watched I think the first three or four seasons of The Bachelor with you, and then finally I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> Life is too short. What am I doing watching this? Why do I know who these people are? But um, yeah, I, I've, I, you know, but the thing is, like, but the Truman Show, it's like, oh man, the angle that we're watching this guy grow up in real time, I do think that plausibly would pull people in. I think they would stick with the show because it's like, well, I've been watching, I've been watching the Truman Show since he was born. So of course yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to give up on this show. So um, would you change the ending? I've always wanted either him to reconcile with Sylvia <clears throat> or even just a shot of Truman going into a Truman Show store and seeing all the products, mm. looking at the Truman Show action figures, you know, and seeing like the little action figures of him as a little boy in a boat with his dad. Like I've, I wanted that. Um, I, I do, I, you know, I wouldn't mind if this movie was 10 minutes longer just to establish um, what his awakening looks like. Yeah. Because on the one hand, like the, the fact that he walks through the door, that is the ending. And I respect that because it's a really strong place to, to, you know, and the whole point is that he does it. And it is, you know, all kidding aside, like the movie is about someone who escapes um, from this from this fake reality. And that is something to celebrate. And the movie is very clear about who the villains and heroes are. I just I do think that it becomes interesting when you're at when you ask, like, what is this film really about? And how what is how can we interpret these things in terms of talking about reality and fantasy this idea of living you know either alone in the world or having a deity watching over us controlling manipulating what that is and what manipulation even is if truman was living in a prison or whether it was this wonderful world that's you know that he just no longer found acceptable so i think there's there's things about the truman show that apply to how we talk about our lives and how we talk about reality tv this idea of like you know is something only authentic if it's reality or, you know, can there can there also be honesty in something that's manipulated, you know, which is the relationship we mm. have with reality and art. Mm. So, yeah, I love this film. Um, Andrew Nichol wrote it, and he's also the author of Gattaca, which also asked, it seemed even more pointed and very uncomfortable questions. Gattaca was the film that uh, the teaser poster was, uh, Children Made to Order. And oh, it man. made a lot of people very uncomfortable. But then, of course, the movie comes out, and then... The funny thing about the about that movie was that it was it was made and they shelved it because they're like this is this is way too weird and science fiction and then Dolly the sheep happens and they're like oh actually no this is perfect let's put this out right now <laughs> because suddenly the you know the movie caught up with with what was going on and this idea because I, I, I haven't seen it in a while but I believe the opening scene is uh, two parents in a doctor's office going like hey, we want her we want her eyes blue we want her to be a Rhodes Scholar well, we want her to go to Julie now what which people... is yeah now it's like that's not science fiction yeah. anymore you know 
So yeah, Andrew Nichol, like I, I don't think all of his stuff works. He did a movie with uh, with Justin Timberlake and Amanda Seyfried. It was called In Time. I, cool idea and, and visually great, but I don't think it works. Um, but he is, you know, I think his best work, and I'd certainly consider Gattaca and The Truman Show to be the tippity top. I mean, he's got that Rod Serling thing going on where he is, you know, it's great science fiction, but he's also asking some very direct and uncomfortable questions about what it means mm-hmm. to be alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, four stars for yes. you? Yeah, I think it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, this. I love that this was a summer movie. I'll say really quickly, it had this really weird um, birth because they made the film, and you know, this is Peter Weir, by the way, um, great Australian director, long list of credits. His most famous American credits, of course, are Dead Poet Society and uh, what's the other one that he's so well known for? Uh, I'm blanking. But um, uh, yeah, but Weir, you know, um, critically acclaimed, and he made this movie, and you know, Carrie <clears throat> made it as a labor of love, and the studio waffled in terms of releasing it. This famously was a movie where um, they kept pushing it back because it was supposed to come out like uh, I think like a year and a half earlier, but they're like, no, 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 like you know, liar, liar, just came out. The timing isn't right. We don't want it opening up after a typical Jim Carrey movie, so they kept pushing it back. And famously, they would have it. Um, yeah, that's it. Witness another movie about. And, yeah, oh, he also witness. directed Witness, yeah. which is also about living in a religious community. Mm. How about that? Um, so Paramount famously, like they ha- they kept screening the movie on the lot because they loved it so much. Everybody was saying, like, have you seen this Jim Carrey movie? This movie is amazing. But everyone's going, how the heck do we promote it? Mm. And this is weird because. Um, they made a trailer for it where everything was out in the open. Like, okay, this is about a guy who doesn't realize that his life is a TV show. Roger Ebert, he can, I think he, was it, I think it was his pick for best picture of the year. No, no, it was one of them. It made his 10 best lists. And he, Roger Ebert was a big fan of this movie, but he went after this film. Um, he's like, he went, went after the studio. He's like, how dare they reveal the secret of the movies in the trailer and the poster? But from the opening scene, yeah, they make it clear. So I, I don't know. I, I never thought Roger Ebert's uh, anger was justified because I don't think you look at this movie for the first thirty minutes and go like, "Oh, it's a metaphor." You know, he's, no, you know, he's right thinking away. about his life in terms yeah. of what he was on TV. No, I mean, if anything, you just you don't know the scope of it. You don't know the scale of it. You're not sure who Ed Harris is. You're not sure what all the reaction shots are. But no, I mean, I think from the opening. I mean, plus it's the Truman Show starring, yeah. you know, starring Truman. You know. It, it the opening of the movie is meant to be the opening of the TV show, the opening credits. So no, I, I thought that was kind of an odd thing to to complain yeah. about because yeah, it's hey, right there. Maybe Truman and Sylvia go and live with um, Harrison Ford in the movie Witness, and that's how well, they live they... in an Amish community. Mm-hmm. Well, he's gone at the end of that movie, though. He leaves. Well, I'm he just leaves saying. because he's because a man of violence. You could like a... merge those two worlds together. Do you think Truman and Sylvia are like lifting barns, like going to barn <laughs> raising? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're like besties with like you know Kelly McGillis and and Alexander Goodenough's characters. Yeah. I mean, that's a nice idea. Um, yeah, this, this film was a surprise blockbuster because nobody quite knew if it was going to work or not. Um, and thankfully, it was critically acclaimed. Audiences loved it. It was a surprise hit in the summer of 98. And yeah, I love this movie. It's four stars for me. All right. I think four stars for me too. Cool. Loved it. And I think we covered everything. I hope so. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for our conversation on The Truman Show. Hey, in case they don't see you, 
Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.